0: Episode 40.
1: Get 40 of these, Michael.
0: Wow, it feels uh, like a monumental accomplishment.
1: And it's Halloween.
0: So, this is the extra spooky episode where we can't explain certain things, like why my audio tool crashed already and why we gave up 14 to the Dolphins. I'm not going to talk like that for the whole episode
1: there You're good at it. Save that one for the Jets, I guess. For sure. But yes, it is the last day of October already, if you can believe it. We're now halfway through the 2019 football season. And depending on how you look at it, the season is one of two things. It could be half over, mercifully, and we could be closer to starting fresh in 2020 with everybody healthy and at full strength. Or... We could still have half of the schedule left to enjoy and uh, an opportunity to make a run at the AFC North. Where do you stand?
0: I'm just looking forward to eight more Bengals losses. <laughs> okay,
1: So you're an optimist.
0: No, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm enjoying where we're at right now. Definitely had to have my heart restarted after the first quarter and a half uh, on Monday of this week, but I like where we're going. I see a great deal of positive things. Yeah, man. Hey, could be worse. We could have been like the Browns, expected to do something and shitting the bed left and right, whereas we're just kind of doing our bed laundry and making a fresh bed here, one that we might feel okay lying in by the end of the season.
1: Well, you and I, we took a couple of bye weeks ourselves this month. In fact, it was nearly a bye month here at More Power Twoans. But since we last talked, the Steelers are now three and four after back to back wins. Since we were so late for any recaps and reviews about the games, I think we can still mention a few highlights here, a few injuries to worry about. And let me know if I'm off base here, but I find that both games were boring in their own right. But it was that it was that satisfying kind of boredom, even though Monday night's game with Miami was disconcerting for the first half.
0: Uh we typically don't get to enjoy games like the chargers game when we're supposed to play at that level like we were expected to on monday um things like the first quarter in monday's game typically happen to give the chargers credit they fought back made the game interesting but i had the pleasure of in route to the who concert that night listen to a quarter of the chargers game on the radio with local los angeles hey i got it right well,
1: you didn't call it San Diego.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't call it San Diego. I normally I've been I've been having that problem, but uh I haven't heard any announcing team sound as downtrodden and beat up as this Chargers announcing crew since I listened to Pirates announcers during the you know the losing streaks this season. It was definitely a unique experience in that they didn't know what to say. I think I too did write about the time that James Conner ran for a twenty five yard touchdown. And, I mean, they, they just, there was just no emotion. They're like, what are we supposed to do with this? We're, how are we supposed to react to this? This is a thorough ass kicking. They're, they're wiping the floor with us with a quarterback that, up until two weeks ago, was on the practice squad.
1: Hell, I thought they had a crack at winning it, didn't you?
0: I, I mean, I, I felt like I felt like karma. felt like karma had something to do with that game. For the way that they robbed us at home last year. And boy, was I right. I like taking credit when I'm right. If we can have the intern pull the audio from that recording session. Karma and Carson is what I think I called it. Let's take a listen right now. The Chargers owe us after last year. Because that was one of our most bullshit losses. Uh, I'm thinking of the touchdown scored on the no call offsides. Where... The reason the receiver was that wide open was because he took off two seconds before the ball was hiked. There's there's some karma in Carson that's about to come due this weekend. You called it. Like Dr. Ian Malcolm. God, I hate it when I'm right.
1: Well, let's do this instead of great detail since the game is about, what, three weeks old
0: at this point? Yeah. Approaching that.
1: Well, let's do this. We'll give a drive-by recap of the game, a Cliff Notes review, if you will.
0: This will just be one at a glance.
1: We'll gloss over things quickly.
0: I'm sure the Chargers would appreciate that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Everybody knows that we won already, but we didn't get an opportunity yet to talk about it and take our own victory lap on Pittsburgh's win. Comically, the broadcast mentioned that attendance in the arena was 75% Steelers fans, and I think... Al Michaels later increased that to eighty percent by the end, which was probably when the Chargers fans were headed to their cars to beat the traffic out of Carson.
0: They already play in a you know a, a smaller venue when they play teams like the Steelers that have wide-reaching fan bases. The, the The fans come out in droves. It doesn't help that the Chargers are the team that LA didn't want. They kind of got packaged in you know, so that someone would help the Rams pay for their new stadium. Question I have to pose is that what is worse to be like the Oakland soon to be Sam's town Raiders uh, that at the beginning of the football season play with the baseball infield very visible or to be like the Los Angeles Chargers of Carson? and still see the goal box from the team that you share your soccer stadium with
1: baseball field always hated seeing that when we would play Oakland
0: well because Oakland is the last they're the last team that still doesn't have a separate baseball uh, and football stadium I just think it's funny that the soccer team that plays in Carson probably wins more games than the football team and probably has more of their own fans with their asses in the seats than the football team does.
1: They left a pretty bad market in San Diego, didn't they? They couldn't even fill the stadium there.
0: Uh, Well, I mean, they had a passionate fan base, though. This was another, you know, another prime example of uh, uh, an owner making a money grab, you know, wanting to be part of something, wanting to be respected by their NFL peers, really ending ending up in the, the unenviable position of being hated by fans. And mocked by owners. A lose-lose situation where at least in San Diego, the they hated you, but they gave you their money.
1: Poor one out for San Diego here. It just sucks when you're trying to talk about that team from Los Angeles and you gotta specify it now. At least especially when there's two teams from uh, Los Angeles on the schedule. Well,
0: and yeah, and at least at least the one that we're gonna play in a couple weeks, they went to a Super Bowl. The other one is a forgotten footnote. The only reason we remember them is because their quarterback has a prodigious habit for procreating. Not the only one, apparently. Our past two contests, we have uh, we have taken on, how should we put it? Um, two very
1: potent quarterbacks.
0: Yes, very potent. Maybe not on the field. Maybe not in the win-loss column. <laughs> I was they're reaching the end zone. Yeah, they're reach- they reaching the end zone somewhere. They're- they are <laughs> scoring in some aspect of life. Completing their completion yeah. ratio <laughs> they're, yeah their their attempts their attempts to completions is very very high
1: <laughs> yeah we reached a new high we, we, we have right, so back to the game um Steelers' defense was sensational they kept the chargers scoreless for three quarters they were not able to get anything going on the ground
0: I believe that the, in combination with the previous week against Denver, the Steelers' defense keeping the Chargers scoreless for three quarters in our, in our game added to the fact that the Chargers didn't score an offensive touchdown in the previous week against Denver. That equals seven straight scoreless quarters. Seven straight offensive scoreless quarters. Let that sink in.
1: Let's take a trip down memory lane here so we can pass out some shout outs to the rest of the defense. Again, this is drive by style. Devin Bush had a fumble recovery touchdown. T.J. Watt swatted the ball out of midair. Cameron Sutton knocked down the touchdown catch. Any other uh, defensive plays come to mind, Mike?
0: You know, the glory stays, but the memory has faded.
1: T.J. Watt shared a sack with Anthony Ciccolo. So, the latest on Chicolo is that the assault charges have been withdrawn. He was placed on the commissioner's ex- exempt list after he was charged with misdemeanor's related to the assault of his girlfriend, but he is reportedly expected to return. That happened today. See, we can be current too sometimes.
0: Yeah, you wait long enough and what do they say? A broken clock tells a broken clock a broken clock tells the right time. You know what I'm trying to f-
1: say? A broken clock is correct twice a day. Yes. Wow. Just don't throw the challenge flag. Hey, but um, we'll get James we'll get Connor. there.
0: We'll get there.
1: Offensively, James Conner was explosive, and I'm thinking specifically of that second effort he put in on the third and four in the second quarter.
0: That was the exact play I was referencing that broke the L.A. announcers' backs. I can visualize them throwing their hands up because they're like, well, we're not stopping him on third and four from, what do you say, 25 yards out? Painted a beautiful picture. It was like a Rembrandt or a Picasso.
1: And to continue our drive-by here, Benny Snell, 17 carries for 75. He also busted out a 20-yard run. Speaking of busted, apparently he was charged for marijuana possession in August. It was uh, off a traffic stop. But those charges were dropped. So insert your Le'Veon Bell comparisons here. See what I mean? We can be current. We can be current. Yeah. Benny Snell, what is it with these guys and these traffic stops, these running backs?
0: Just, you know, if you're going to do it, just uh, have someone else pick it up for you. Holy shit. Stay at home. Obviously, the, the Pittsburgh police, they've got a nose for this stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong. Pennsylvania is still a, a medical state, I believe.
1: They don't have the full 420 uh, green light, I guess.
0: Bunch of f- Quakers. I mean, hell, we had how how hard we have to press to get beer and alcohol sales on Sunday. Don't hold your breath. If you are holding your breath, please don't have it be because you just took a big hit off a of spliff. We I feel like we say this every season. It sucks that we even have to talk about this because uh, you know there there definitely are studies where marijuana can be a very productive remedy for for pain. Not just the insert glaucoma joke here, but also just you know like football players and everything. It's not just you know uh, a, a Cheech and Chong thing, but until the state that you're in, and even then the the NFL in general. Reverse their hardline stance against it. Have someone else hold that bag.
1: Yeah, I think that's the point. I mean, you know the rules. You know the consequences.
0: Don't don't have it on you in public for sure, because you know everyone's everyone's profiling, and uh, nothing nothing better than the police being able to 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 nab a professional athlete.
1: Yeah, back to the game. <clears throat> receivers, statistically. This might surprise you. Dante Moncrief had a better night than Juju. He had 11 yards to Juju's 7. You know, actually, J2-S2 didn't have a catch until the fourth quarter. That was to be expected when you look at the stat line, since it was the James Conner show.
0: Juju will have have his days, and I applaud him for not pulling the AB-84, assaulting a Gatorade cooler, and publicly feuding with... The guy that's throwing you the ball and actually still going out there and fighting every single play, performing like a team MVP should.
1: And then we would be remiss if we didn't mention Duck Hodges, who didn't perform badly for his first start. He didn't blow it, but he didn't pass that much. 15 for 20, 132 yards, a touchdown interception. He did enough to get it done. But I got to say that duck call thing got way, way out of hand. It was on the verge of annoying, kind of like that Fitzpatrick went to Harvard annoying. Moving on to week eight, the Steelers had a victory over the hapless Miami Dolphins coming off the bye. Now, we had traded some text while we were watching that game on Monday night, and I had remarked to you that The first half of that game, it just felt off. I don't know how else to put it. Hinesfield was quiet, and it was a weird kind of quiet for a primetime game on a Monday night.
0: I think there was also, like, after the Dolphins went up two scores, wasn't there an errant pass or on a stupid call with, like, you know, with Mason's feet in the end zone? It wasn't even just boo birds. A whole flock of boo birds. a Very cacophonous, angry boo. And not because they were Halloween enthusiasts. Up until the forty-five yard Deontay Johnson touchdown run, the mood of the game reminded me of every bad, unnecessary Steelers loss that I've seen in recent memory. But we found a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory.
1: Like Oakland last year or the Broncos last year.
0: Yeah. You know, where where we'd find ourselves in a position where We'd be forcing the ball or, you know, it would be like, well, it's got to be a big play. So we've got to go to our big playmakers and make ill-advised throws, stupid calls. But then they proved me wrong, and I'm glad they did because I'm not one to jump on the fire Mike Tomlin bandwagon. But things were that bad. This team is not that good, and we're doing what we do after every bye. Again, in recent memory, against every team that we should have just come out and clobbered. It
1: was definitely Pittsburgh's slowest start of the season. And I'm sure much has already been said of that third and 22 blitz with eight guys. And that's the one that Deontay Johnson made the touchdown. This seemed to be the turning point. But I have a question, and maybe you can help me out here, because have you ever heard anyone failing at their job, let alone the head coach of a professional football team, now an 0-7 team, get so much praise as they're failing? If you listen to Booger on Monday night, he sounded like Brian Flores' agent or marketing director or something. I mean, when you make a mistake at work, don't you get a little critique? Yeah. I mean I, he has to work with what he has to play the hand that he's dealt. But he's like, been
0: on. discarding aces left and right, too. Let's you know, there's there's <laughs> yeah. there's always yeah. so much that can be said about well, he's gotta get his players and make his team when um we'll we'll get to it, but make it Fitzpatrick working out in spades for us, especially twice against his old team. I mean, what did they say? That in the next two years, the Dolphins have five first-round picks and four second-round picks. Well, if they don't hit on any of those, they got diddly shit for the foreseeable future, just dealing talent left and right. I mean, Laramie Toonstall, uh, Kenny Stills, Then, you know, just a couple days ago, Kenyon Drake, Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, some of those people were the core of that Dolphins team. And then, yeah, to go on Monday night, okay, granted, at the time they had to talk about something that wasn't Mason Rudolph, you know, Mason Rudolph's concussion and going one for five for two yards and an interception at that point. But the dude is 0-6 and he's relying on journeymen and avid beard trimmer antagonist, Ryan Fitzpatrick, to do something for him.
1: Heaping the praise on him, and it kind of made me wish that I could take Booger to work, have him watch me, and then if I make a mistake, he could recount my resume and advocate for me. All right, back to our drive-by format. Coach Tomlin won a challenge, Mike. The first since 2017.
0: 2016. 2016. Like 11 times. Wow. Yeah. I really thought that we were going to win the offensive pass interference challenge earlier in the game. I just don't think the league wants to set a precedence for reversing the offensive pass interference, which sucks because it's a stupid one-sided rule. But hey, we're not, we're not, here, we're not here to dwell on that. We're here to dwell on the good things. And you're right. Tomlin threw the red flag and we finally won something small victories here we had a fitzpatrick make a pick on a fitzpatrick twice the fitzpatrick to fitzpatrick connection was uh, in full effect
1: offensively mason rudolph was terrible in the first half and although he padded out his stats a little bit in the second half a lot of those are the guys around him making plays for example deontay's touchdown james Conner, 145 yards and a touchdown the best game of the season, he's AFC Offensive Player of the Week, you know.
0: Wow, well, and he should be after that first run, after his first run of the game, that was what, like a 15-some yard gain where he's ending the play by stiff-arming, you know, the defender, like fighting for yards. You're like, yes, this is what we like to see.
1: Juju had his best game of the season, 103 yards and a touchdown.
0: And one of the most beautiful touchdown catches of his career and of the season just picking the ball off the defender's face mask, continuing to fight for it, and and pulling that in. I mean, that's that's the type of receiver that Juju is. When given the opportunity, he found a way to score.
1: Yeah, both guys. Deontay Johnson, too, had an impressive catch on it. It was negated by the pass interference penalty, of course, which was also debatable, but that's the way it goes in 2019. He showed remarkable hands, too. So Deontay Johnson emerging as the true receiver number two forgot to mention that Sunday of week eight was national tight end day, whatever that means. Um, But unfortunately for the Steelers, we played on Monday night. So our tight end was only appreciated to the tune of four targets, 19 yards. Sorry, Vance.
0: If we weren't going to get sued, this is the point when you say, oh man, look at the buns on that one. Yeah. He must work out
1: tight end. Tight end. (laughs) Unless you have anything else that is going to be a tight end to our recap of the Miami game.
0: Well, I like I like the callback. I like the callback. Um, I'm feeling like for this team to take the next necessary steps, that third phase of the game is going to have to play a big part. And I know we have a lot of other things that we're trying to figure out, but sometimes that spark comes off of your, you know, from that unplanned for uh, player on your special teams. I just don't know. Uh, I don't know if Switzer's the guy, and I I, I don't know. Is he on the verge of a breakout? These are the these are the ramblings of someone who has had two wins in a row, including a, against and a bye inferior week.
1: opponents, and, and looking for something. Nitpicking, yes. But let's poor wine spritzer.
0: Let's let's put let's let's just put in general the role of special teams and how it will affect the what do we call it the step stool to seven. We're going to the, the step ladder to seven. Yeah, the, let's just let's just put a step stool. <laughs> step stool. <laughs> step stool. Step ladder. What's the f- difference? We're going to the playoffs. Come on, we know this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, but, uh, what, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, what, what I'm saying is, as as a um, you know as, as something that we can come back to as the weeks go on. Let's not forget the impact of special teams, how that could benefit or detract from moving up. The step ladder to seven. (laughs) Step stool, step ladder. Who gives a shit?
1: Step stool is kind of funnier for some reason to me, but it suggests (laughs) a uh only suggests a four or five win season to me. But all right then. I want to take a moment and talk about injuries. Since we last talked, Stefan Tuitt is lost for the season with a pectoral injury, and that's just a shame. He was putting together a tremendous season.
0: Sounds like we're going to be seeing a lot more of Big Dan, Big Dan McCullers.
1: Honestly, I can't recall a season where there was so much devastation to key personnel. And didn't you make the slasher movie analogy last time or something? Probably. It it certainly has that feel. It's like someone important says, I'll be right back, and then they're out for the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's... uh... That sounds like something I'd say. And even if I didn't say it, I'm taking credit for it now.
1: Ramon Foster
0: concussed. What's the prognosis on Foster for this, this week's game?
1: All it says is concussion protocol. Did not practice today, though. Okay. Today being Wednesday. Benny Snell dinged up, hurt his knee, did not practice. And then the big one, James Conner, did not practice on Wednesday. AC joint injury, but let's just call it a shoulder injury. I did a little Googling, and I still don't have the confidence to try and pronounce it at the moment, but it seems that the time to heal, depending on the severity, seems to be one week to three weeks, but as many as eight weeks. So, you know, who the hell knows? The good news is Jalen Samuels feels 100%, and per Tomlin, he is ready to go. And the Steelers also signed a new running back to the practice squad. His name is Darren Hall. Now, Michael, you may be familiar with him.
0: Well, Darren Hall sounds like he played for the Pitt Panthers.
1: Indeed he did.
0: Well then hey, when you're when you're working with the law firm of Connor, Snell, Samuels, and Hall, you're covered. You're covered on all bases.
1: But this is like James Connor's like fourth scare of this season? Are all these little dings to each limb gonna <laughs> create a larger issue? I
0: think if they do, we just need to be prepared. And I feel like we are. Uh, I mean, you know, Jalen Samuels wasn't supposed to be back for probably another two to three weeks. So stuff has gone well in in the recovery. My memories of Darren Hall, another back in the vein of James Conner, you know, hits the hole and trying to brutalize whoever's in front, you know, who's ever in front of him. So the biggest concern for me is. How aggravated are these going to be when James Conner gets the prospect of lining up against defensive powerhouse, probably best defensive player in the league, and former Pitt teammate Aaron Donald in two weeks? What kind of punishment, you know, is that going to be? And like, you know, how far along are these injuries, or how severe are they? That you're right, are we right on the edge of something bigger? happening you know the the culmination of all the small rips and tears and bumps and bruises turning into like a major loss for the season kind of injury isn't it refreshing to see that at most turns we're not finding players to just plug in we're finding replacement level talent yeah i like it to the baseball stat wins above replacement you know where it's like if you had this person versus that person then these are how many more wins or what percentage? I mean, I don't pretend to understand the intricacies of that, but I feel like the players that we are replacing our stars with, they're not just warm
1: bodies. So we should probably get on and start talking about this week.
0: <laughs> Can you smell that on the barbecue? The Jacoby brisket? Pass the Heinz. Get onto that step stool, step ladder. Yes, Get on. get onto our height assistant.
1: And so, this week in Week 9, the 5-2 and two Indianapolis Colts visit Heinz Field to meet our now 3-4 and four Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers will look to keep on digging out of this giant hole we're in rather than dig deeper. The over-under opened up at 42 half. The Colts are the one-point underdogs. The Colts won on the road previously against the Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. They also beat the Texans this season, but they lost to the Chargers in Week 1, so... Let's try and figure this out. So Jacoby Brisket has performed very capably this season since taking over for the retired Andrew Luck. And he certainly improved over the last time that we faced him, which was in November of 2017. But if you recall, he was pretty capable in that one, too. He threw two touchdowns. Steelers narrowly won that one 20 to 17. That one seems like it was yesterday.
0: It really does.
1: Uh, Jacoby Brisket, just three, three interceptions on the year. Indianapolis doesn't really seem to turn the ball over any thoughts on that guy
0: yeah I, I got uh, I, I got a few and you know the teams that you were rattling off that they beat and the teams they lost to if we would have played them in week one or week two you know our secondary wouldn't have been what it is now our defense wouldn't be what it is now I think that the caliber of defense uh that we're putting onto the field is like a defense they haven't seen yet just a step above the best defense that they've seen I'm not hesitant to say that our defensive stars can bottle up their offensive stars if we plug the hole and keep uh keep marlon mack in check then jacoby's gonna have to pass and that's looking at your jack doyles and your ty hilton's and it's like okay you put joe hayden on ty hilton And, you know, you got Minka Fitzpatrick playing center field. I think the opportunity for turnovers is pretty ripe, barring any issues with our front seven playing the way that they've been playing in our other big wins. Plus, you got to look at the playing at home factor. I, I think we have all the pieces in place to antagonize Jacoby Brissett and just force the turnovers. The other thing that we can do is the offense can... Set up our defense for success by putting some points on the board early and forcing the Colts to play from behind, because that's when you're generally going to be able to create these turnovers. You're going to force the hand of the opposing offense to move the ball quicker.
1: Well, they apparently have a good offensive line, though the Broncos were able to sack him four times, strip him once. I also think that they can stretch the field with T.Y. Hilton. And I don't think that the Steelers encountered a deep threat like that this season, aside from perhaps Josh Gordon, maybe Keenan Allen.
0: Keenan Allen would be there. That's the thing, though, you know, from past experience, people like Joe Hayden seem to thrive against other incredibly talented people like themselves. So you blanket T.Y., who's making plays?
1: Zach Pascal is kind of emerging. He's a solid return specialist. He broke a 47-yard one last week. But the only Indianapolis Colts game that I've seen this season was against Kansas City, and Marlon Mack ran all over them. 29 carries for 132 yards. But those are the Chiefs, and that's how you beat the Chiefs. Steelers' defense has improved over their earlier season woes in defense against the run. I actually saw that they're only allowing three yards per carry on average now.
0: Well, and you've got a healthy Mark Barron. You've got a more experienced Devin Bush. You've got T.J. Watt just firing on on all cylinders. Vince Williams is back in there. Hargraves and Hayward are on the same page. Big Dan, put Big Dan in. You're seeing a football team that has had now nine total weeks to get their shit together. Defensively, it's happening. And I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but I'll continue to say, I am putting a ton of the defensive success on the fact that now we've got people in the secondary that we can rely on that aren't going to let someone get open downfield, giving our defenders that extra second to grab onto the quarterback, making the other team's offense honest and forcing them to run Jacoby Brissett was the number three in New England. Let's not forget that. Jacoby Brissett is starting in Indianapolis because Andrew Luck said, this shit, I'm out of here. To diminish his talent, but saying when he has played at the highest level, it has been because Tom Brady was suspended and Janine Garofalo got injured. Another generational talent was either injured or said, Hmm, play a brutal sport or retire. I think I'll retire. Speaking of retiring,
1: Adam Vinatieri, at age 46, hit a 55-yarder and a 51-yard field goal last week against the Broncos. However, he also missed an extra point, so go figure. I'm not sure what to take away from that.
0: The takeaway is don't give Adam Vinatieri the opportunity to be the difference maker. To me, Vinatieri is what I would call a, a an extreme narrative football player in that half of the reason that I think he succeeds is because he's given these huge moments in which he has to succeed. The dude has played as long as he has because he's one of the best field goal kickers of all time. Last week proves that he can still shine on the brightest stage.
1: So, Mike, what is your step to seven prediction for this Sunday? Do you think we're going to be tricked into thinking our boys stand a chance or are we going to be treated to a win? Trick or treat.
0: Let me tell you, I am drinking the Kool-Aid. We are Super Bowl bound. This team is back um, now. I, I, I honestly do think, though, Sunday Mason's going to be able to calm some of his nerves look over his mistakes from from the Monday night game. While the defense might not feast, they might take a few trips to the turnover buffet. I think we set the tone with the run, whoever the running back is, to allow Mason more time to further compose himself. Stepladder prediction is a step up. Steelers 30, Colts 17.
1: Not bad. For me, I just don't know which version of Mason Rudolph is going to start the game is it going to be that young lad that jumped into the hot seat in seattle or will it be whatever you'd call the first half of the miami game uh, we also don't know the status of james connor though i'm sure that it will be announced while i'm editing our dialogue and completely render everything we talked about moot the teams match up very well the Steelers' defense has a very formidable uh offensive line to contend with it with indianapolis apparently and our backup quarterback and his receivers will look to build off their recent success coin flip for me, but I'm going to go Steelers 23 21 hoping to cash in on that home field advantage this time. But I expect it to be kind of a snooze again,
0: even with my 30 to 17 prediction. I think it's going to be an interesting one. I we pull away late. Uh, I think, I think it's a, it's it's a, it's a tight game, but you know, defense wins championships. And in this week wins football games
1: yeah uh, tj watt continues to play at the level that he does total
0: uh defensive player of the year candidate tj watt like at least like his brother jj is the type of player that when he plays for your team he's one of your favorites and if he doesn't play for your team you hate his guts
1: so if you don't have anything else mike
0: yeah just uh want to want to say happy halloween to everyone out there um and for those of you who listen to us on Friday, Feliz Día de los Muertos. Uh, you know, happy day, happy Day of the Dead. However you want to look at it. You know, we're obviously bilingual on uh, on this program. Um, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I pulled, I pulled, I, I pulled Feliz as happy out of my ass on that one. All right. Yes, Grand right. <laughs> Día de los Muertos was done for me, but you know. So you know, in closing, from this end, happy Halloween to everyone. Hope you uh, hope you get what you want uh, as far as tricks and treats go. Uh, brush your teeth. Don't eat candy before bed. Have your parents check it first. Yeah, have your parents check it first. And by that, <laughs> by that, we mean let your parents eat half of it. Leave the pumpkins alone. Don't eat too much sugar. And if you're if you're in a pinch for a costume. A Steelers jersey always works. Hey, if they're good enough for church, they're good enough for Halloween. More power to you, Mike. More power to you, Brian. Happy Halloween to Yins. Because Andrew Luck said, f*** this shit. I'm out of here. Um, he said, forget this crap, you guys. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite Twitter accounts was the gen- general was it general Andrew Luck. Dear mother, mm-hmm. dear, dear mother, I am giving, I am, I am giving up on the the national football front to come home to you. The, my my days, in, my days in the war are over. I will, you know, I am, I am. So I'm trying, I'm trying to be eloquent in, in my mind, it, but right. no, in, in my mind, there is definitely, there is definitely a moment where luck goes f this s. I'm out of here. I don't need to be a meat grinder. I graduated from Stanford. My neck beard is more intelligent than most of the players that I play with. All right. I'm going home to read books and not die at a young age. And that, my friends, is how you get Jacoby Brisket.